Hello and welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. In this episode, I will be talking to Steve Foran. He's an engineer and founder of Gratitude at Work, and he's the author of the book, Surviving to Thriving, The 10 Laws of Grateful Leadership. We'll be talking about leadership and how engineering leaders can use gratitude to enhance how to lead. He also talks about how engineers can build better habits and will greatly benefit your engineering career. I'm your host, Jeff Perry. I'm the founder of More Than Engineering, and this is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. This is the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Before we get started, I just want to mention that this is a free show and our sponsors help us to keep it free. Now I'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, Washington State University. Washington State University's Engineering and Technology Management Master's Degree Program is a perfect balance of technical and managerial education that helps prepare practicing engineers for managing projects, people, and organizational systems. As one former student noted, the knowledge that I gained from the ETM program helped me become a more competent, confident engineer and manager. The program greatly impacted my career and has been a key element in my continued success. You can learn more about the engineering management profession and program at etm.wsu.edu or email them at etm at wsu.edu. Take charge of your career and reach out today. Now let's jump right in. Now it's time to jump right into the main segment of our episode. Today I have the pleasure of talking with Steve Ferran, the founder of Gratitude at Work. Steve, it's so fun to talk with you today. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, Jeff, really appreciate it and look forward to our conversation here. Uh, I've enjoyed the other conversations we've had off the show. Really looking forward to this one. So Steve, for those who don't know you, give us a little bit of background. Like in your own words, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are, what you do on a daily basis, what you're all about. Steve Foran, live on almost the most eastern part of Canada, in a province called Nova Scotia. I'm training, my undergrad training as an engineer, electrical engineer is my discipline. And today, the work that I do on a daily basis is make people happy. So tell us a little bit more about that. That's a little bit of a different take from an engineering background to making people happy. What does that actually mean? As an electrical engineer, for you that are electrical engineers, you harness electrical energy. Today in making people happy, I engineer a different type of energy and that energy is gratitude. And so I wasn't trying to be cheeky with my answer, but you know, when someone says, what do you do? I make people happy. What do you mean? What do you do with that? I believe that gratitude is a foundational leadership skill. And when we embrace it, we become better leaders. We become more inspiring leaders at work, at home, in our community. And uh, a side benefit of all of it is that we become happier. And so really, I'm a believer in grateful leadership and teach those principles to leaders and individuals that want to embrace them for themselves and for their team. So a little bit of corporate speak in there, Jeff. I hope that's more helpful. Well, and we'll get into that because it's important to talk about these ideas, but also how they apply to us, right? But I'm still curious about this career path for you. I mean, this is interesting path to move into 
grateful leadership and the training and things that you do now. Tell us a little bit about your path, how you went from being an engineer to making this transition to what you do today and how long you've been doing this. Yeah, it's interesting because in 1987, when I started working at the power company, I knew for a fact that I would retire there. There was no question in my mind. It was an awesome place for engineers. We'd be sitting around the lunchroom with a bunch of my buddies, classmates. I hired seven engineers from my class. And I'm going, which one of us is going to be president? It wasn't me, Jeff. <laughs> okay. Apparently, not a knock on you, but it just wasn't the path you've taken, right? It wasn't. And, and I really enjoyed the work that I did as an engineer. Because as I drive around the province I live in today, I can see my fingerprints, right? That's one of the beautiful things as an engineer, whether you're involved in design or construction or in sales, you're involved in the building and creation of the built environment. And I can see that. And that just gave me a sense of joy and purpose beyond what you're doing on a daily basis. Because sometimes that satisfaction can take a long time to come. I still found myself wanting I don't know how else to describe it, thinking that there was something else beyond what I was doing today. And uh, in the mid-90s, the utility company went from 2,500 people to 1,800 people in a week. I was one of the 1,800, so I didn't go, but I had to let people go. And that's what changed me from thinking, I'm going to be there for the rest of my life, to I'm thinking there is something else. And I just started searching. I had this realization in the early 2000s that it was as if my life was handed to me on a silver platter. It wasn't anything dramatic, just this series of events that happened. And one of the things is that our kids were in high school, their first jobs in a neighborhood coffee shop, in the matter of four months, earning minimum wage, working five, six hours a week, they amassed more wealth than half the world's population. And I went from thinking I did it on my own to life was handed to me on a silver platter. And if you've ever had a compelling idea, Jeff, and that to me, it was just this compelling idea. I got to do some research on this. And I was in grad school, did my research. And then I looked at my wife and said, "Hun, I got to start doing this. Obviously, the work that you do now, you're big on gratitude, but I want to understand why. Like, What got you so focused on gratitude being the key to happiness and also how important it is for leaders? Like, How does it apply for leaders of organizations for themselves, for their teams, for the organization as a whole? Like, Why is gratitude so important for us? If we go back to me having that realization, it was as if my life was handed to me on a silver platter. Up to that point, I thought I did it all on my own. Me, I self-identify as a male, so I would say, I'm a self-made man. I went from believing I was a self-made man to thinking everything was just given to me. And you still got to do something. You don't just sit back and do nothing. But what that brought was this sense of gratitude into my head and my heart. I wanted to say thank you. So when I initially did my research, it was around gratitude, why people serve, why they give their time, why they help others. That's where my research started on this. And that's where I thought the path was going to lead me. We did find that gratitude is at the core of generosity. But then I started looking in the rest of the literature and and 
really in 2006, 2005, there wasn't a lot of people embracing gratitude in the workplace. And I knew for a fact that is the place we spend so much time there that we need more gratitude at work. And so it was kind of where I grew up. And I knew that because I had spent 20 years there. So it was just natural for me to say, okay, I want to take this new, and I didn't use the language as, as a business lever, but it really is another lever that you can use to run and use in your business and use in your personal life to be more impactful, to be more effective, to be happier. I discovered it. And anyone who discovers it, I guess deep down, you know it already, but the social science, it's out there now proving it again and again and again, week after week. And so gratitude really is a key important, and I call it a leadership skill because, anyhow, it's really important, I think, for leaders to embrace. How does that actually happen? We talk about gratitude as a principle, usually, like we need to be grateful for what we have and the things and the people that we're working with and, and whatnot. But how could a leader or an engineer actually use gratitude as a skill to enhance how they lead or work with others and find success and happiness in their work and careers? That is a good critical thinking question, right? Because it's like the so what? Why is this important? Gratitude, it produces an emotion. Psychologists would say it's an emotion, but it also, it puts us into action. But it's an emotion that generates and puts us in a physiological state that enables you and you listening, watching, to access the highest order parts of your brain, the executive function. You want to be able to access critical thinking, innovation, decision-making, You want to be able to moderate your behaviors when somebody cuts you off in traffic, like to not let your emotions take over. When somebody does something totally inappropriate at work that just presses your hot buttons, do you want to blow up too? Or do you want to be able to control? Gratitude is an emotion that puts you in a positive emotional state. When you and I get in a negative emotional state, we effectively turn off our access to this executive function. And to me, practically, there's two reasons I think it's really good selfishly to be grateful. One, it feels good. Two, you get access to this executive function. And if you think, Jeff, just for a second, we're almost two years into this pandemic. And it's just like all this chaos, uncertainty, what's happening? When all that's going on, what I would argue is that you need access to this higher order part of your brain and this executive function more than ever. And it could be the same thing when a project is running behind schedule. You know, a customer calls you and says, we got this change order. We want to do something different. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, we're short on people. How are you going to deal with that? The best way to deal with it is being a positive emotional state so you have access to your brain so that you can tackle it most effectively. I just want to take a quick break here and once again recognize our sponsor for this podcast episode, Washington State University. The Engineering and Technology Management Program at Washington State University is a systematic approach to professional development for practicing engineers to shift from fully technical positions into leading technical employees and systems. A fully online master's degree program, students take classes at night and often implement class lessons in their positions at work before the next class. 
Learn more about a master's degree in engineering and technology management at etm.wsu.edu or email them at etm at wsu.edu. Take charge of your career and reach out today. Let me recap what I'm hearing from you, Steve, and, and you can expand on, on this and, and make sure I'm hearing this correctly. So saying this emotion actually allows us to think differently, react to situations, whether they be uncertainty, stress that comes our way, challenges that come our way, allows us to think more critically, think more creatively, and also act more collaboratively with people maybe even help with things like conflict management and resolution, or you might even say conflict transformation to move through those challenges with people and about the challenges because you're not accessing those more primitive areas of the brain that are more in that fight or flight mode. We're able to access all of our cognitive functions because gratitude brings us to that state. Am I hearing that correctly from you, Steve? You're absolutely hearing that correctly. And what you're not hearing is saying, if somebody is underperforming in their role, saying, oh, great job and pretend it's not happening. Two totally different conversations. But to have that conversation, where do we want to be? We would want to be in a place where we're able to access that part of our brain that is going to enable you as a leader to be as effective as you can in communicating whether it's with a customer, a colleague, your supervisor, a business, whoever it is, could be around a challenging situation, could be on a performance issue, whatever it is. Gratitude is going to be a tool to help you do that. I'm going to ask you a question that came to my mind, and maybe you get this all the time. Are you saying that if gratitude is so important, am I supposed to be grateful for every single thing that happens to me? If something really crappy happens to me, if I get paralyzed, or if someone that's really important to me passes away, or if my boss is oppressive or even abusive or other things like, are you saying I'm supposed to be grateful for everything in my life? I can't say anyone should be grateful for anything. What I believe is, is that we can find gratitude in any situation if we look for it. I do not believe, you know, some of these things being exploited and like when my mom died in 2013, I am not grateful my mom died. But do you know what? In mom's death, the question I ask myself is, Steve, what are you grateful for here in this situation? My family of support, my friends, when I, we walked into that church and the funeral and it was packed and people were coming up to me. I mean, it comes back to me now. I can feel that in those connections. And so, Jeff, I think what I'm saying is, is that gratitude is about taking a perspective of, in any situation, looking for the good. I remember listening to someone talk about a situation where they were exploited as a youth, and they talked about it as if they were grateful for it. If I was this person, I couldn't say I'm grateful for that. I could find good in it. Is that helpful? It's a tough question, but I think you help with the perspective of finding, you know, not necessarily every single thing to be grateful about, sometimes terrible and very hard things that happen to people in life. But there are things, other things that we can look for to hold on to and access that state of gratitude, even in the midst of some quite challenging situations. Because of that, there are people here that are listening. Maybe you listening or watching 
you are going through one of those things that Jeff's talking about. And because of that, I'm not saying you should be grateful for whatever it is that you're going through. Sometimes it takes time for that perspective to come. And if it does, that's okay. If you can't find anything you're grateful for in this situation now, which is really a question about where's the good here? If you can't, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up over it. If someone has wronged you or abused you or done something, another way to find good in that is to forgive them. It's not gratitude, but one of the other ways to find good in terrible situations is to dive into this thing that we have to do of forgiving somebody else. Because when we forgive them, it doesn't mean we condone them or we agree with it. It allows us and allows you to let go of it. Forgiveness also doesn't mean that we're going to continue to open ourselves to being vulnerable to more challenges and exploitation or anything like that as well. So that's a good point. So thanks for sharing that, Steve. Now, Steve, I want to turn the corner here and also say, like, you've authored a book called Surviving to Thriving, The Ten Laws of Grateful Leadership. My understanding is that the book talks about how anyone really can master gratitude and create a life of their dreams, something that they're really excited about. So one of the things that's critical here is like this idea of building habits that aren't things that need to take a lot of time. Maybe something is about the same amount of time as brushing your teeth, right? So can you share some of these secrets and ideas to building these better habits that can help our listeners, our engineers develop some habits that are going to help them be more grateful and experience some other successes in their lives? I'm going to suggest two habits. One of them is recording what you're grateful for. And just do that on a daily basis. And it's pretty simple. It's a very simple idea. You think about it. Now I engineer a different type of energy. This is one of the ways you can engineer it in your own life. So number one, record what you're grateful for. Either write it down on a piece of paper or record it electronically. Resist the temptation to just think about it. Because when you record it, you get your physical senses involved and it has a greater impact on your brain wiring. Number two, consume other people's gratitudes. So read or listen to what other people are grateful for. And for that, you need a community. And Jeff, last month, you were part, we featured you as the guest contributor on the Daily Gratitudes. You recorded your gratitudes each day. Everyone in the community was able to consume your gratitudes. What I want to encourage you as the listener to do is develop a habitual ritual. Like think of, we each have morning routines. We brush our teeth in the morning. That's a habitual ritual. Build one around gratitude. Find a time in the day that works for you to record what you're grateful for. Find a community. It could be a partner. It could be work. It could be an external community where you can read or listen to what other people are grateful for so that you can consume it. Over time, what you will do, just like if you've gone to the gym or you work out or have done any training of any type, It's not like you do it once and all of a sudden you're going to run the Boston Marathon, but you do it over time. And what happens? You have these new muscles and you're going to notice a change in your life. I guarantee it. Well, Steve, this has been a fun conversation. Just any final pieces of advice that you would give our engineers out there? I said that, you know, it came into my head and my heart. And as engineer, I tell people, it's like, they look at me and as I'm holding my hand over my heart and go, engineers, you guys have hearts? You folks have hearts? And I go, yes, they're dark charcoal gray, but we have hearts. 
those are some stereotypes about engineers that maybe we need to start breaking down. And maybe the gratitude practice is one of those things that's going to help us unleash some of those things as engineers and, and break through saying, hey, we're people too. We're humans that also have feelings. Embrace that. And it's okay to embrace it, like you said, Jeff. So at this point, we're going to transition into the Take Action Today segment of the show, where I'll get one final takeaway from Steve. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. But before we jump in here, I would like to recognize our other sponsor for the show, ASME. ASME, the American Society of Mechanical Engineers, serves a wide-ranging engineering community through quality learning, the development of codes and standards, certifications, research, conferences, publications, government relations, and other forms of outreach. Becoming a member and joining the ASME community is the most important connection a current or future mechanical engineer can make. Members can engage with various ASME sections and technical divisions led by ASME volunteers. ASME members get access to a variety of career resources to help you throughout your career, whether you're just out of school or an already seasoned professional. Search for rewarding engineering jobs on ASME's Career Center or focus on your professional development by participating in live webinars on key topics. Don't miss your chance to advance your career, enhance your professional network, and find your next ME opportunity by checking out ASME at www.asme.org. Okay, so we're back for our Take Action Today segment of the show. Now, Steve, we talked about some pretty basic, simple habits that people can start using to build more gratitude in their life. One of the things that I found true is that habits are actually hard to create and stay consistent with. So what would you say to those people who are wondering, like, okay, first of all, we got to get started, but then how do we actually make these things and build habits effectively so that they stick and become part of who we are and what we do on a consistent basis. One of the things that we know that helps us build and develop an effective habit is the presence of what they call triggers. And a trigger is simply a reminder, a prompt. And so find a trigger. And let me give you an example of a couple of triggers that might work for you. If you join a community so that you get a notification or have a gratitude app, right? Where you're recording your gratitudes and the, the app sends you a notification, which is a reminder. Hey, Jeff, do your gratitudes. You can set a notification on your phone. You could put a calendar appointment in your calendar so that with a reminder on it or not a reminder, and that is your trigger to help you remember to build this habitual ritual. So accessing those habits by utilizing triggers that we can either create or find in our lives. So excellent. Well, Steve, this has been such a fun conversation. I am grateful that I met you, that we were introduced by a mutual friend, and uh, we got to have this conversation today. Now, if people are wanting to learn more about some of the things you do, gratitude at work, and, and you talked about your community and things like that, where can they go to find these things? If you go to gratitude at work, dot ca you mentioned the community there where you posted your gratitudes uh, if you join that community you will receive an email reminder or if you get the app a notification on your phone that can be your trigger 
to help you build a gratitude practice. But uh, gratitude at work.ca, that's the best way to find me. Or if you want any, there's lots of resources there that can support you in building and sustaining a habitual ritual so that you can be the engineer of your dreams. So much fun to talk with you, Steve. It's a pleasure, and I wish you nothing but the best as you continue forward in this new year. Thanks so much, Jeff. Really appreciate being on the show. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. You can go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you'll find a summary of the key points we discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books that we mentioned. And don't forget to check out our upcoming live webinars for this month at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Additionally, for any engineers who feel like they want to take the next career step, I've created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at www.engineeringcareeraccelerator.com. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and will help you engineer your own success.